Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. Yeah, new location today, uh, but same podcast. It's a little bit different though. The, the The environment's giving some weird vibes. I don't care for it. Yeah, we're uh, we're working it out. I know this is my apartment. I just don't love it. But uh, on the bright side, we are here, and um, we've got Yu-Gi-Oh news and many news things. We asked you guys for some questions as well, so the pod is refilled. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. There's like four questions in here. Uh, we have questions, okay? The point is, um, yeah, another week, some more Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. Um, this one hasn't had like any major announcements. I think it's just kind of been more card reveals. Yeah, from Age of Overlord, which does come out in two weeks? I think so, yeah. Just about. Um, I, think, I think weekend after this is sneak peek, and um, then I guess after that would be the official release. That's weird. That means for like the next three pods, we're gonna, we're gonna mention Age of Overlord, but in like different and just different. Like it's about to have a sneak peek. It had a sneak peek. It's out now. Like what do you and like what do you think about it? Like it, yeah, what it's do you gonna think? be. It's like a month of just Age of Overlord. Talk. So I've I've heard that Age of Overlord is definitely better than Duelist Texas. I know that's kind that's of not a saying commonly agreed upon thing. It's not a high bar to clear, but um, I I mean. I honestly hadn't followed it a whole bunch until yesterday or whenever the influencer reveals were kind of were dropping like the Diabell Star. Mm-hmm. That's kind of looked like that's kind of the new engine. Yeah, we get we get Diabell Star, which comes with those snake things. Like, yeah, I forget what that are. The snake eyes. Snake eyes. Snake eyes spells and traps. Yeah, the snake eyes. We're also getting the the horror stuff begins. The Horus stuff, which I think in this form, without their second round of support, they're basically just a rank eight engine. I mean, are the monsters level eight or a couple yeah. of them are at least? I think I think they might. They all be are. Okay. Yeah, I saw. Um, it's King Sarcophagus, and um, the Ooh. monsters go to grave and they can like summon themselves back, right? Yes. And guys, if you ever want, to, if you want to know how this deck plays, or really any new archetype, you should check out Dual Daddy on Instagram or Twitter. They always do these nice infographics. Dual Daddy is such a. Fun That's their name. I don't know why. Don't don't judge me. I didn't name. Uh, I know. Well, yeah, no, I, I do. I've been following Dual Daddy for a while. I do love those sort of strategy pages that people make in the community. It's a bit of a shame Konami doesn't make them. Like you I would think like they kind of would, but Konami has to move slower than like a person because they're a corporation. So I, I'm sure they'll make their own infographics in about. Never. Three years. Yeah, I was to say, no, no, never. Well, because, I mean, you know, because Dual Daddy, like, they sit and they kind of explain it. They talk about common counters to it, sort of what the basic combo might look like and what your goals are, what are the benefits and stuff. And, I mean, with Konami, I think they could do the same thing if they really wanted to. It's just a matter of, like, doing it. And, yeah, they work slow, but they also, they're the ones that designed the cards. They knew what these cards did, like, a year ago, I'm sure. And so. with infographics, you can pretend, like, any card is strong, even if it's horribly weak. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know that's what they love to do yeah it's konami's whole thing is all the cards are made equal so you could make these infographics suggest that all these cards are very balanced and... so this is a now i'm gonna issue a community challenge someone make an infographic on how to play malaseverus and make it seem like it is super super good i mean they're fiend monsters so there might be something there i don't know i doubt they can pull it off yeah, um, so, so that stuff got revealed. Um, some rarities, of course, were also revealed. I know, uh, what is that? The Labyrinth Monster, I think, is an ultra rare. The new Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, the Butler. The Butler. 
Did we ever get confirmation if it was like a boy butler or a girl butler? I, can't, I remember when it got announced, people were arguing about it. And my answer was it didn't matter. But I mean, low-key, I think the ambiguity makes it fun. Like, ambiguity is never fun. What do you mean? I mean, you know. Um, no, but I, I don't know. I think the fan art will decide for us. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it. Um, yeah, so there's He's that. Not wrong. Um, not wrong. Labyrinth is one of those archetypes that gets a lot of fan art. What me? I mean, it's boss monsters are these like, these like, these demon girls in their big dresses. Like, yeah. I mean, they're kind of asking for it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I've seen m- much fan art, and you know, Konami knows. Think they, they know when they design these archetypes. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else with Age of Overlord? Um, um, the sneak peek mat. I think I saw the sneak peek mat. It looked really cool. What's on it? I have no idea. I don't even know what that monster's name is. All right. Well, but it look. I just remember it looking cool. I mean, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah, I don't. I a lot of cool monsters. Um, okay. What else was there that was that happened? So they announced like formally, um, Phantom Nightmare. Oh yeah. So we got to see a couple new cars to just today. New Bell. Just today, actually. Um, or it'll be like yesterday when you guys are hearing this. They announced that new spell that, like, where you tribute a level 7 or higher fusion or synchro monster. And then you summon that a monster that same level from your main deck, I think. Oh, yeah, that's the one that features, uh, was it Dark Balter or whatever? I think so. And it's got some really cool art. It's got a really neat effect. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a neat little, uh, it's a neat thing. Um, so there's that. It's coming out, you know, next year. I love year. things that reference Legacy of Darkness. Um, I know that, also I saw in the last week, it seems like there's kind of, oh, the Fire King structure deck. It got leaked, apparently. I thought we already knew everything in it. Well, we, we mostly did, but apparently at the Toy Fair event this past weekend, um, somebody got a hold of the back of the product that was on display, you know, the back of these structure decks, mm-hmm. show the deck list. Um, and so they, yeah, and they showed it. And All we care about are staples. Come on. Yeah. So, Infinite Impermanence, Droll and Lockbird, mm-hmm. uh, Solemn Judgment, and a common printing is always kind of a an odd one to see. I don't know that like the reprints in there are amazing, but those are certainly Alpha the Master Beast. Oh. Also in there. Because mm. we have the Fire King, got their Beast Warriors and stuff. I think structure decks are a great way for players to build up their kind of staple collection mm-hmm. for the low. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks like it's a pretty decent structure. Nothing, I wouldn't say, like, it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be, like, super game-changing unless I'm missing something. I mean, I know that there's, like, a new Xyz monster. It's, like, rank 8. It looks like it's pretty good. It can pop stuff. But, I guess... Oh, you're talking about... Oh, the the Fire King. The Fire King one, yeah. I was was thinking of Typhon. He's not rank (laughs) 8. Oh, yeah, they did show Typhon. It's one of those Age of Overlord cards. I don't like that card. You don't like it? Not one bit. I don't even. I hardly remember what it does. Um, it's like if your opponent summoned last yeah, if, turn. If or they su- so during the turn or the turn after, if your opponent summoned like two or more monsters from the extra deck, you can cheat this guy out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, what was what was his effect on field? I'm looking it up now. Actually, I think he says monsters with three thousand or more attack can't activate their effects or attack. He's like a walking... Uh, How do you spell Typhon? Is it T-Y-P-H-O-N. A... Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, not Typhoon. Oh, God. Yeah, there's plenty of Typhoons in Yu-Gi-Oh. We're talking about Typhon. I think Typhon was a Greek... Was he a Greek god or a Titan? 
Okay, Stellar Nemesis T Fawn Doom Doomsday Star. Oh my gosh. Although like I think it's uh I guess our the name that we got for it is like Either way, okay, here's the effect. Yeah, two level 12 monsters. You can also exceed summon it by using one monster you control with the highest attack during the turn or the next turn after your opponent's special summoned two or more monsters from the extra deck. Don't charge materials to this card. If summoned in this way, you cannot normal or special summon other monsters for the rest of this turn. That's a harsh, a harsh it balancing. A, it, is, it is a pretty harsh balance. Neither player can activate the effects of monsters with 3,000 or more attack while you control this exceed summon card. Once per turn, you can attach a material from this card and return one monster on the field to the hand. Okay, it has the bouncing effect. That's right. That's pretty cool. It's uh kind of a sort of a going second type of card, I guess, is the vibe yeah. I get. Uh, Can't stand it. Yeah, you make it. So what do you not like about it exactly? It's just another uh, piece to the game of staples that we play in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, it's... I get annoyed because Yu-Gi-Oh! embraced the whole idea of archetypes. Mm -hmm. And so your end board is supposed to be your archetype's end board. Or at least that's how it was supposed to be. But we're currently in this kind of, this like crazy, power-creepy, staple metagame where ending board, like if you go first, I mean, you're going to see Chaos Angels, Barones, these very generic going first end board monsters. And mm -hmm. Typhon will now be your going second staple end board monster. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it, because especially his effect is so prohibitive to whatever your archetype would have wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's pretty, he is your. Like you're He's going your thing second, that you go thing. second with. Yeah, I mean, I think like it, it is another instance of generic extract monsters. I will at least say that it's nice that he's not just sort of an omni negate, and he is kind of intended to counter the things like Barone, like um, <laughs> Borload Savage, um, that sort of deal. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It'll probably be a popular card if nothing else. I mean, it, I mean, it's good. It'll be popular. I just don't. Like yeah, it. it's just not. Maybe you're not a fan. Cup of tea. Well, design is cool. Yeah, design is cool. The look is very. Um, I don't like it. It's like kind of one of those like virus machine monsters, like where it's kind of it gets distorted, and you know what I mean. It's. I think it's supposed to like kind of antithesis to uh, Zeus. Mm -hmm. It has a hundred less attack and defense than it. But so it, it can bounce Zeus. By its effect. Yeah, that's true. It can bounce him, and then Zeus wouldn't mean he'd be able to use his effect. Yeah, he has the dark version of Zeus. I actually. I knew that they were on the same line. I didn't really notice that that was a, a thing about it. That's cool. They have similar Sam. names, too. So why is this Dortmund happened? Dortmund, uh, what, Rika won, right? Yeah, Rika, Sun Avalon won. Um, You're the only one who always adds in the Sun Avalon part. Like, I mean... What is the bone you have to pick? Like, I just think it's important to note that they are the ones doing... I think that both engines do about equal amounts of work. Maybe the Sun Avalon part's a little more combo-y. But um, mm -hmm. it won against... Uh, what is the deck? Vanquish Soul. Oh, Vanquish Soul got to the end? Yeah, Vanquish Soul was in the finals. I know. I saw oh. some people were kind of upset. Like, I, this is stuff I read on social media. Some people were kind of upset that it felt like maybe the Vanquish Soul player did not know what the Rika cards and the Sun Avalon cards like did because they were having to like read them. Is that a problem? I didn't think so. Like, I didn't think that that was a, uh, like, a like really an issue. player had to read the cards? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess maybe they felt like he misplayed, and that was well, maybe not. Because they probably did. I mean, 
like not everybody in this card game knows all the cards. Not everybody knows every single card and every single strategy that they might come up against in tournament, especially in a format that's as diverse as our current one. I mean, I guess the idea that people had is that how, you know, how the hell did this guy make it to the finals and not know what, like, a this really strong meta contending deck does? And to that, I get it. Uh, I see why, you know, that might feel a little... But then on the other hand, it's like, I get, why are we, like, angry that a person is trying to read their opponent's cards and, like, understand I guess them? they and... felt like, I know what all those cards are, so... He doesn't deserve to be up. That should be me because I know how Rika play. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think people get a bit of a tangent conversation, but I think it does remind me about like how, like, why, like the backseat dueling stuff mm-hmm. where people will just get so fussy about like, like, okay, so if you were to build like any deck right now, there's always somebody who um, has played that deck for like, 10 ye- the last 10 years, right? Like, I'm building Infernities. Oh, yeah, well, I've been playing Infernities for 10 years, and, like, I know everything about them. And they show up in the comments, and they're so angry that, like, you don't know it to, to perfection. Or, you know, if you, like, make any small misplay or some small, like, suboptimal decision, people will get so angry. And I'm always like, why are you, like, I never understood, like, why people get angry that, like, someone maybe just didn't play it the way they feel that they should like, like i think it's like a bit there's jealousy in that regard at least in this case since this is someone who's in the finals of a ycs i think it's jealousy yeah. now in situations where it's like some guy in locals uh, maybe it's not jealous anymore maybe it's like hubris and pride and it, maybe it's still that people take so much pride in their dueling ability and knowledge but this guy was in the finals of the ycs not the commenters. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I think that the people who will kind of do the whole, oh my God, this person misplayed, they're so terrible, it's making me sick, I want to throw up, it's so hard to watch. Because like, literally that's the sort of thing that you read in comments, I'm not even kidding. Like, you'll see comments exactly like that. And it's just like, man, like, chill, he, he's, it'll be fine. Like, it, there's always this weird thing with Yu-Gi-Oh! where I think there's like a tug of war between people who want the game to be played like, you know, perfectly, but then they also want to talk about, like, these concepts, like, originality and skill expression and all this stuff, so it's like, I don't know, I'm always like, like, what do people really, like, what do people want, you know? I don't think there's such a thing as being able to play Yu-Gi-Oh! perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, even, you know, chess masters don't always play a chess match perfectly, even though the strategies that they entail have existed for hundreds and hundreds of years, and there's textbooks about every single play you should make in virtually every situation, they still make mistakes. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is actually a lot harder than chess because there are so many different cards we can play and variables, interactions. Right. Like, I think it's silly to even ask someone to be that masterful. I think also, I mean... and. And, like, I get it, you know, we're not, like, like I'm not a, a pro Yu-Gi-Oh player, right? So, I, I get that there would be... You actually make more money off Yu-Gi-Oh than pro Yu-Gi-Oh players. <clears throat> well, I get that, you know, that there's... A person might feel that somebody of, of his caliber in the finals of this YCS should know. But I also just, I guess, I don't know, I, I never got, like, the negative 
Like, maybe he should. Great. But, like, I don't know why, like, it has to be, like, a a malicious thing. And, and not even every... Like, some people were just maybe more confused than malicious. So, I might be misjudging the the like, heat around uh, it. I'm not sure. Tone. Yeah, like the tone maybe just isn't coming through. But it, just, it did remind me a lot of, like, what I don't really care for with, like, backseat dueling and just, like... People who, like, will judge everybody else's decisions, like, how they play the game, how they build decks. And it's like, well, I mean, great that you think you could do better, but you're not the one, like, at the YCS finals. So. But if they were there... Yeah, but if they were, they, they would, made, they would they win. They would have made it to yeah. the finals. It would, it would have been perfect. It's like, no, you wouldn't have. Like, uh, YCSs didn't. are, like, you know, I think it's three parts, or seven parts skill, three parts luck. Um... Just because I think just being the best player in the room does not guarantee you a shot at that at that final table. True. Yeah. I think um, you have a lot of things have to go your way, but you do have to have skill, right? You can be as lucky as you want to be, but if you don't have a certain level of skill, you will not win out in the end, and you will not make it to the final. So yeah. I think regardless of whether or not this guy knew his Rika matchup, he he more than done the work up until that mm-hmm. point. Exactly, and it did kind of have a conversation too around like um, just the 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 Vanguard Soul deck because it kind of plays a little differently than many decks do. Um, I, I know how it plays, to, but I don't, I don't know how that results in like the yeah. Game. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know exactly what people were saying. I always thought that the Vanguard Soul strategy was kind of unique just because of how it's um so much more i don't know it's just, it doesn't like just pour out a super long combo and a lot of you know big mm. bosses it's kind of more like one or two monsters in the field at a time i know some people don't like that it can run like there can be only one that's a really central part of the strategy so some people don't like that but oh yeah because each monster is a different type huh yep yeah and it's all about like kind of having the different attributes and all that stuff. So even that new one we're getting in Age of Overlord. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Which, which I was building a Vanquish Soul deck, and then my Stake Your Soul, the third one, got lost in the mail somewhere, and that's and since I never got it, I kind of had just. So are you saying you have literally every other other card? card I, yeah. And you're just not using them. Mm-hmm. Guys, Paul's gonna give away all his Vanquish Soul cards. I am not. I will eventually <laughs> make it. I promise. Yeah, no, it's it's that's how it is with Yu-Gi-Oh decks for me though. Like if I if I'm missing even one card, I just won't put it together until I have the card. And if it takes too long to get the card, like it gets lost in the mail or whatever. Yeah. Then I, I just kind of like it. Just, I'm like, oh well, I'm. Just I can't judge. I'm missing one battling box of promoter, so I haven't put the deck together. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's weird, but like that's how it goes. I um. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I want to build Vanquish Soul. Hopefully, I I can build it soon and. Have some fun. I mean, I'll be playing it, like, pure. I won't be playing any... I don't want to really play the Castera part. I know it's, like, people play Castera in it. I don't want to do such a thing. But it's the best way to play Castera without a Rise Heart. I know. Isn't it crazy? I don't fucking know or care. So I'll, I'll, I'll even spot you the Castera cards. No, no, no extra charge. Yeah. I wonder how Castera's doing post-ban list. I haven't really seen I haven't people are playing it at all. really anything. I did hear that Tear is back. Yeah, that's something I heard. Um, the moment Arise Heart leaves. Yeah, Arise Heart left, and apparently people are playing this tier thing. Um, I don't know how it really works. I haven't had the time to look into that, but um, it's still around. I almost clicked on a uh, profile from YCS Dortmund a few hours ago. Almost did it, but I just really don't want to look at tier cards. I think it just is one of those things where it speaks to tier's design is 
feels like it's going to be kind of one of those timeless things. I mean, I remember last week we were talking about the OCG ban list and how, like... They're still hitting it. Like, they're still having a hit tier. And in Master Duel's last ban list... Oh, that's another thing. Master Duel got a new ban list. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. I completely forgot to put this in my notes. Let me take a quick look at it. Uh, because I... It wasn't a super impactful one. Is it more impactful than the last TCG ban list? Um... Hard to say. Mm. It's a larger ban list, if that's... Uh, okay, larger is good. Bigger is better. But I don't know that I would say that it's particularly, like... This isn't it. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily say it's, like, particularly um, exciting. It's just, it's... Uh, let's see. Find it. Um, So... They... What they do. I hate when I look up ban lists and like you just find like the whole ban list, but I don't want the whole ban list. I want just the changes. I'm sure it's a blog. Okay, here we go. Got it. Got it. Yeah, sorry for the wait. Okay, so number wait, that was the last one. Is this like what what is it? What what is it called when like something is this like Mandela effect? Was there not actually a ban list? I mean, I don't know. Um, you October tell me. October 2023. Yeah, but Master Duel, it got a new one, and I am okay. All right, I think I found an article. He said that once before, yeah. If it will just tell me what. Okay, here we go. So they banned Kelbeck, the Ancient Vanguard. Um, so another one of these Shizu cards. Poor Shizu. Yeah, and then also number 89, Diablosis, the Mind Hacker. That's a pretty predictable one. Uh, Arise, oh, zone locks. Yeah, I know. Zone locks suck, and Kashtira zone locking you is just, it's annoying. I think anyone can agree. But yeah, it does mean that, you know, Arise Heart is just around the corner to make things fun again. Worse. Yeah, fun again. Make Kashtira fun again. Um, This one, this all goes into effect October 10th, by the way, so a few more days still. Um, They limited Nimble Beaver and Tiara Limits Havness. Wait, why do we limit Nimble Beaver? Another hit to Sprite, I guess. They just seem like they kind of keep hitting these keep. little engines that Sprite. Because um, I know you might not know too much about uh, kind of how the Sprite strategy goes. Because when you start, playing I don't ninjas, have to. They keep banning their cards. Yeah, you you start playing ninjas, and you probably haven't had to face much of it. Nimble Beaver was the thing that they would send to the graveyard, usually with Sprite Sprint or other cards too. And when it's sent to the grave, it can summon two more copies. Um, so that was like an engine. Um, or is this the normal summon one? I don't. I get them mixed up. Either way, uh, like Nimble Beaver is the one where. Okay, yeah, it's the one where when it's normal summon, it summons another. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Nimble like Angler or something like that. But yeah, they run both Nimble monsters, so now the normal summon one is limited to one. So even less consistent ways to get bodies in the field for Sprite. Um, Tiaramit's Habness also to one was it two? So now Merley's straight up banned. Habness isn't one. Um, and I think the other one, what is her name? You remember the, the extra deck one? Or the no, the other main deck fusing thing. Uh, well, either way, she's still in two. No, not Havness. It's Either way, Tyr get more hits. And then finally, they um unlimited at Emancipator Analyzer, Luster Pendulum, and Bamboozling Gossip Shadow, so... Gossip Shadow. That was in an FTK, right? That's the one that usually summons Rongo. Never mind. 
So I remember last list when they banned Rongo, people were like, oh, can they like free Gossip Shadow now? Because, you know. Yeah, I guess without Rongo. It's big. Uh, partner in crime's gone. So, yeah, it looks like it's it's back to maybe cause more mischief. I'm not really sure. I'm glad they unlimited Lester Pendulum. It just it, it was an unnecessary uh, hit at this point, especially since so we got dated. Draco Slayers back. Yeah, it feels so dated. So, now the, the Draco Slayer that can do what it can do. I don't know how much it can do, but uh, it can do it now. Yeah, so it's not a huge ban list. I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's a slightly dated one, like maybe a format or two old. Like, but Master Duel gets these ban lists so frequently. I, I assume then that this might mean on October tenth we might be getting Kashira, Arise Heart, and other cards. I feel sooner. It does. It. I hope. I hope it isn't that soon. Actually, because like, I don't know. I, I have fears about like what Arise Heart is going to do to Master Duel. What? He's just Dark Law, just better in every way. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I feel that the real concern I have with him is just the fact that I think it's going to be one of those cards that, um, it just, it makes it beginner unfriendly. Mm. Like, you know how people will oftentimes, compl- there's certain cards that, like, it, it just, it's just ignorant and strong. Like, that's kind of, that's... <laughs> That that's like a it's rise hard to me, like because the thing with tear tear is annoying. It plays in your turn, and like that's its own brand of like unpleasant to play against. But I think with a rise heart, what's going to happen is little Timmy's going to get on master duel, and his opponent's going to you know drop a rise heart. He's going to be like oh, okay, like it's one monster, but then they're going to realize they can't activate cards because they're just certain things like, they can't activate their forbidden droplet that they were told to play for the last year because it can help them. They can't activate it. They can't send stuff to grave. They can't activate, what is the other card? Ultimate Slayer. You can't, like, out it with Ultimate Slayer, which normally Ultimate Slayer can out almost every extra deck monster. But you can't out a Rise Heart because you can't send that thing to the grave. And it's just, they're just, I think that that's going to be so unpleasant, and it's like 3,000, 3,000, so, you know, how are you going to swing over this guy? And then he has a quick effect banish face down. So in case you thought you were going to actually somehow, like, get a monster strong enough, he'll just banish that. So it's very, it, it's just kind of one of those, it's a bully Right, it is a bully, but it's it, but it's just one bully. If you can out it, they have two more copies in their extra deck. Yeah, I think it's gonna have to release it one. Would be my guess. I mean, because they did that with like uh, Kit Kalos and Tier Elements. They just it was a one from the start, and I think that they're gonna same with like the field spell. They're gonna have to all do the same thing. It just otherwise it'll be. It's gonna be ignorant. Yeah, it's just not gonna be a really great time. Um, it'll. Cut down a lot of deck viability. And then these, like, best of ones, too, that Master Duel is just, oh, God. It'd be a wonderful time for all involved. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Is that all the Yu-Gi-Oh! news? I mean... I've seen miscellaneous stuff. Like, quick things. I know Duel Links is... You know, they they had their Rush Duel update, and I think... People seem to be really into it. Golly, there was a... uh, I don't remember. The, I know we know who the next character they're adding, they're adding into Rush Duel is, but I already forgot. Oh, you, I don't know. Oh wait, wait, is it um? Because I think I might have seen this headline. Oh, but they are adding in um, the Alter Guys Duelist from Vrains. Oh, okay. I don't know their name. Yeah, I don't know the name either. I I've seen a lot of people playing Rush Duel though. Yeah, I've seen so many different takes on whether or not Rush Duel is good or is bad. Yeah, but I think it is quite playing. popular. Yeah, if nothing else, people are giving it a shot. And I'm really happy to see that. I know, um, you know, it's 
people have like mixed opinions about whether or not it's like, you know, is it the future? Is it some, is it worth like getting invested on this? Is it going to work out in the dual links atmosphere? I, I always tell people, I think, I mean, rush is here for the long run. So I don't, as far as, whether or not you think your investment will be worth it, I do think you will be able to play Rush Duels for quite a while. So I think that's fine. Now, whether or not it's the future of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. We'll see. I So I saw somebody quoted an interview, actually, because I hadn't seen this before, but somebody quoted this interview, and they were saying how like one of the Japanese developers suggested that if Rush Duel is popular in Duel Links, it might actually get the physical worldwide release. Mm. Is that, you know, listen, I don't know if that's true, but... That that does sound promising, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if it were very popular in Rush Duel, it would be kind of silly not to at least consider it. Mm-hmm. It would just be difficult to implement. Yeah, I mean, I still think Konami, there's a lot of risk with bringing a Rush Duel product over a saturated marketplace as it is. Um, yeah, this year alone, we've had so many card games. A bit of a rough Yu-Gi-Oh! year, so this might actually add to the sense of, like, desperacy and kind of just... You know what I mean? Like that might actually not be like such a good thing. But maybe it's kind of like the uh, the Bandai approach: flood the market with your own card games. Yeah, if like, you make enough, one's got. Oh, you succeed. don't want to play my card game? When you can play my other card game or my other, other card, card game? Yeah, that's true. You can play Yu Gi Oh. You can play Rush Duel. You can play Speed Duel. You can, you know what I mean? Speed Duel even kind of tries to differentiate. It's like it's got the Speed Duel emblem. If you doesn't Every have that, you can't says play Konami it. Konami on it though, so you know where the money's going. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's good to see that Rush Duel is it's been picking up. It's popular. Um, I I do hope that that can continue. Oh, I did see that they confirmed they're dubbing Go Rush as well. Fire the the anime that comes right after Sevens. So have not seen a lot of the anime. I I must admit I don't know very much. I haven't watched any Go Rush, but I follow people on social media who love Go Rush. So yeah, I've I know seen that, like, quite the a character bit. like the main character. I think is an alien or. Is in outer space, at least. It depends on how you define main character. I think there might be two. There might be three. Oh, there's three. Yeah, I don't know the, the whole story with that. So, Yeah, but, I mean, if it gets dubbed, I think that might be worth giving a shot. It seems like it's still kind of a pretty kid-focused show, so that might not really Which be... Which is important. ...for everybody, but, um, you know. Anyway, I think that's all for, for the Rush Duel thing. I saw. I saw. That's all, like, all I have off on like offhand. I saw a Blackluster Soldier model kit. That's something. I, Fire. Yeah, that's might be worth picking up. But anyways, I think that's all for Yu Gi Oh. So, any story stories? So, this isn't much of a story. Just kind of an update on the Digimon TCG. The uh, Digimon TCG is doing its um I think pre release events this weekend. For our next, uh, like, structure decks. Okay, what's what are they? So, it's the um, the ace structure decks. The purple Garurumon deck and the black Greymon deck. So, I talked about before about how we have hand traps now in Digimon. They included those cards as box toppers in the last set, the last main set. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're getting uh, structure decks that are built around the ace mechanic before BT-15, which is an entire set dedicated to the ace mechanic. And we'll get, basically we'll get full strategies to use for ace monsters. So the most interactive Digimon has ever been is beginning now. Interactive. The ace monsters are like the, sorry, because I don't follow uh, closely. Are they the hand trap like ones? Yep. Okay. 
Yep. You um you can digivolve as long as you have the proper Digimon on the field, level wise. You can digivolve during your opponent's turn during a specific, a specific window, and then ch- activate your effects during their turn to try and disrupt their plays. Yeah, if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh player, it sounds like you know right up your alley, right? Playing in your opponent's turn and mm-hmm. kind of. But you it's a bit, it doesn't feel as bad because you have, you kind of have to telegraph it. It's like playing ninjas in Yu-Gi-Oh. You do have to telegraph it. Um, you have to have an appropriate level Digimon on your field. And so oftentimes you'll just have to kind of put a level four or a level five on your board to like, to pass your turn. Your point, your opponent's like, why is he just, why you just play that unnecessary monster? It does nothing. And then they're gonna be like, "Oh, he wants to do an ace digivolution." Okay, I know. So I, I do like the telegraphing. That's kind of cool. See, it, it feels uh, like there's a commitment there, and that also means your opponent can blow up the monster that you're planning to use. So it's not a monster; it's a Digimon. Digital monster. I'm just having to listen. I'm saying digital Digimon. monsters. They're your digital friends. I've heard some people on some social media a little bit say that like they. Like there's like people that don't like the Digimon TCG. Is there there's something going on with that, or is that just social I mean, media? You know, we've garble. We're going through kind of a uh, a slow period with the, with the Digimon TCG. The uh, product releases are are always a little strange. Where we have these longer than usual breaks every so often, mm-hmm. but this time feels especially long because we we just got the Resurgence Booster Set, which is a reprint set, our first reprint set. It's a little awkward because the vast majority of reprints, no one really wants anymore. It can, like these are cards that we that you know have been printed in quite a long time, so they're good reprints. It's just that they're not that desirable, and the new cards in the set are very specific. So there's a lot of people where the resurgence booster just does it does nothing for them. And now yeah. they still have to wait until BT15 releases for any meaningful like new cards. So it's just it's a slow time for them. It's a slow time. Yeah, I mean I think it's probably it's the Bandai problem we always talk about. They've got a lot of card games that gotta sort of juggle. I think it probably ends with delays and yeah, just things. But product is coming out. Not what I can say about certain other card games. Well, um. Actually, what other card games? Lorcana. Lorcana is not okay. Yeah. Um, so this is not. This isn't really a story either. But um, I've been hearing through the grapevine of my card shop. This because we have Lorcana players at our shop. Um, lots of people have gotten into Lorcana, and people want to play in tournaments and whatnot. But there's even more cards. people that can't get yeah, um, decks. That me. That was. <laughs> me. I mean, that was me. Like that literally was me. I um. I just gave up on like literally. I gave Larry my um my some some of my Lorcana packs. I had I had some Lorcana packs. I hadn't really opened them. I was waiting and trying to get a deck, and I never found the deck. I've told this story. Never found the deck um at stores. The times that like people said they found it, it kind of like sold out before I could get it, and like that was it. Just yesterday, because Trail Trail wants to get into the game, he showed us his TCG player cart for the uh, Lorcana deck he wants to build. Yeah, and. Uh, it's, it, was, it started with a five and had two zeros. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I that's rough. And I bring it up because I really want to caution people uh, from rushing to buy these marked up cards. Guys, all this stuff is horribly marked up on the uh, secondary market right now. Mm-hmm. If you really like Morcana and you know you will be playing for a while... Maybe 
you don't pull the trigger right now. So pull the trigger so. as in like buying things online, not pulling the trigger as in, you know, the other thing. That, not that. Well, I think, you know, just being patient is good, but then it's like, but how much time do people have to be patient? Well, you know? I think they actually, I think they'll be fine, honestly. Um, when Digimon went through something similar, they did, re- re- they eventually restocked to the point where if you had paid scalped prices for first set Digimon products, you were just, you were, you just look silly. You looked very silly. Yeah, and I think Morcana is in, is in a much better position than Digimon was. I did hear that they're going to be reprinting the first set when this around the time that the second set comes mm-hmm. out, so people will have the chance to get the stuff. So I guess don't you know fret too much. Yeah, I unless unless you're like one of those like I don't know how the editions work on Morcana cards. Unless you're a collector and you need to have like first edition copies of your cards, but if you really just want to play the game. Just be patient. I'm pretty sure. I don't know for a fact. Pretty sure all this stuff is going to get reprinted and yeah. you'll get access to them. Yeah, it should be fine. Well, uh, speaking of another card game, the One Piece card game just outsold every other TCG. Every, every? Every other. other. Even so, Pokemon? According to this article, um, the One Piece card game is currently outpacing all the more established TCGs like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh! And even the new up-and-comer Disney Lorcana. According to data from ICV2, which publishes a monthly list of the top 25 sealed products they of do. TCG Player, a one-piece card game booster box was the best-selling item in September. Now, this coming from TCG Player means... Is that means, the latest booster box? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's right. It wasn't the newly released MTG set Wilds of Eldraine or the 151 Pokemon TCG expansion all the Gen 1ers are clamming over. Instead, it was the booster box for the one-piece CG set King of Intri- Kingdom of Intrigue. Um... First launching on December twenty second in England and July, December twenty December second twenty twenty two in England and July twenty twenty two in Japan. The One Piece card game has been a massive hit with blah 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 blah. Anyway, um, yeah. So this new Kingdom of Intrigue booster has done really well. Um, yeah. Following One Piece in September sales ranking is Yu Gi Oh's twenty fifth anniversary ten. Then a range of Lorcana and Pokemon one fifty one products. Magic the Gathering looks to have sold particularly poorly this month, with Wilds of Eldraine set boosters coming in at number 10. Hmm. So, um... So, are you, are you saying Magic is losing the card game wars? At least as of this past month, um, it sounds like Magic maybe. And at least on TCG player. That's yeah, that's another thing I was going to say, is I do feel like um, it... You know, not to knock TCG player, but just that, like, it's... um. It's only one, like, that's, like, one place, but the type of person who buys from TCG Player might be more of, like, a core card game player. And those, and that's purely secondary market sales. Like, primary yeah. market, I mean, it could be a lot different. Yeah, like, what is it actually, like, from the vendor side, or what is it looking like from, like, Walmart, Target, you know, those sort of shops. Mm-hmm. And and card shops, and just in general. But still, that's really promising for, for One Piece, Um yeah, I know. Actually, I bought cards from the latest set because I decided I was going to get back into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I'm starting. I mean, I had decks, but I, or I wasn't really playing before. But yeah, it was this set that stir- that's kind of spurred me back into it. So, I mean, I see what the hype's about. I get it. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's also probably a little bit of hype from the, the, the live action show, mm-hmm. which uh, I watched. We watched yeah, that. It was yeah. actually dope. I liked it. Was it was cool. A good show. So, you know, I think, like, there's probably a little bit of interest just in it because of that. So, good for One Piece. Um, you got the other card game thing? Yeah, so this is a card game we don't talk about enough on this pod. 
it is flesh and blood. Oh, okay. Yeah, so actually, I actually have two different like flesh and blood stories. But uh, this first one, it's titled Move Aside, Commander, Flesh and Blood TCG to launch four-player format. Oh, Move Aside, Commander. You heard it here first. So Legend Story Studios is launching a four-player expansion set for the 2019 classic trading card game, Flesh and Blood, bringing round-the-table multiplayer gameplay to the hit TCG for the first time. So design in partnership with content creator and TCG expert Brian the Professor Lewis. Brian saw this. The multiplayer expansion aptly named Round the Table comes with four ready-to-play blitz decks, over 100 new cards, and a whole cast of new hero cards, including one based on the Professor himself. Yeah, I saw this. This was very cool. Yeah, I remember I saw a picture of the, of the Professor card in a thumbnail. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was tied to a whole new product release. Yeah, I didn't know it was tied to a whole new format. That's huge. It makes, but it makes sense. Commander is so popular. Every, everybody wants a piece of it. Yeah. It reads, Flesh and Blood offers a fresh take on the TCG genre, and it's ideal for MTG enjoyers looking to mix things up. In a typical game, players assume the role of a hero and build an 80-card deck including weapons, equipment, and signature move cards. Like colors in MTG, players' chosen hero determines which cards they can include. Players will pitch cards from their hand to gain resources to pay for other cards. It's an interesting and refreshing system with more room for strategic thinking than mana in MTG and Hearthstone. Oh, listen to that. So, Round the Table expands Flesh and Blood into the four-player space. And in our opinion, that's their opinion, not my opinion, I haven't played it. It's a natural fit. Similar to MTG's Commander format, Round the Table is tailored for casual gameplay. The new set was created for new players in mind and will mostly include cards with beginner-friendly mechanics. A good call. So it's four, it's four pre-constructed decks abide by the Blitz rule set. It's a slimmer-down version of Flesh and Blood designed for fast-paced games. In Blitz, players start with 52 cards instead of 80 and play as young heroes with less health. We imagine, young yeah, that's what I said. Young heroes. Okay. We imagine this quick fire format will work well in multiplayer, and it could help avoid the excessively long games that are commonplace in Commander. Well, I gotta say, I always love um, a good call out, sort of. You know, here's <laughs> here are the problems with Commander, and here's exactly how I, this is better. Yeah, it was uh, essentially they want they want to make a four player format that was faster than Commander. Mm-hmm. And I've played a few Commander games now. Not many, mind you, but I have played a few. And one of them did drag. And I was like, yo, can somebody kill us all? I don't even care who wins anymore. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely... Uh, that's always kind of one of my fears with four-player games. I remember any, even the times that we've tried to do, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Tag Duels. Ah! They just go forever. And some people, that's, that's part of that social experience, I know. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the game lasting for just hours potentially is is that's like this part of the Guys, sales if you want to see games lasting for hours check out our tag games yeah on the, the time we've ever done like tag duels on, on team APS, it's those videos are still up too yeah they go they're not edited they're yeah, you long. can watch them give us the watch time i won't complain but like yeah those, they, they, those can really they can run and i mean that's something that's like i know like people have kind of wanted us to do like commander like matches like you know mm-hmm. since we've been opening a little bit of magic product on the channel and I've always just been like, man, listen, that, that just seems like it's a steep hill to build your 100 card of 100 unique card deck and then sit down and play your four player game of uh, was it 20 life? No, 40 life. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's a lot to ask, you yeah. know, especially when not everyone in our in like Team APS group play Magic. Yeah, I mean, now that Trill's kind of gotten into it, he's, he might be getting into it. We might have four people that we can do it with, but don't you know? Don't get your hopes up. Don't hold your breath. But like, it might even be more plausible to try this flesh this and flesh blood. Flesh and blood. Say maybe just try the flesh and blood thing. I mean. I, I don't know a lot about Flesh and Blood. I know that they have things called Armory events. I know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's sort of, is supposed to be, it feels like it targets the same demographic as Magic, but just that it feels a little bit more like new and like fresh and kind of mobile. It like, does feel like it's a, it's 100% targeting Magic players. Like, yeah. They're just, they're just trying to skim people out of that game. Right. Or make them add this to their... Like Add their game yeah. rotation. I mean, I know I met. I, apparently, they they do have like sponsored content creators and stuff like that, so it's at least big enough for that. I just them getting the professor on a card, I think, was like a really good call. To I mean, he's, he's a be, big for a supporter of that game. Yeah, like I remember when we met him uh, last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year the professor was always was singing the the graces or the praises of uh, flesh and blood, and we didn't even know what it was at the time. Yeah, I, I I was I mean I knew I'd heard of Flesh and Blood. I just really didn't know like the story behind like how the guy started it and you know all that. But um, yeah, I mean good for them. I think it looks cool. I would certainly, if I had to give a four player game a crack, I think I would actually go with Flesh and Blood over Magic. If, well, if, you'd if be happy to know that it's fast. I've got more. Okay, about Flesh and Blood. So they actually a very recent pre release for. Their new set that's releasing. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> as set the set's called Bright Lights, and it introduces the new three pack casual play format called Crack, Shuffle, and Play. Oh yeah, funny. Okay. So, the three pack skips deck construction and jumps straight to the fun part, which is playing games. Simply crack open three packs, remove their tokens and equipment cards, shuffle the rest together, choose your hero and weapon, and then you just start you playing. Go. That sounds fun. You know, um, they really feel like they just, they, they are, hey, I like the, the, again, professor kind of branding, shuffle up and play. But also, um, I don't know, it feels like they are really, flesh and blood, I think just that news comes across to me as like, we are catering to people who just want to have some fun with their card games. You know, mm-hmm. break the barrier to entry, just get going. Like, let's let's come on, let's just play. The uh, it reminds me of the kind of like jumpstart boosters that MTG does, where um, they kind of simplify the deck construction aspect. Mm-hmm. You just kind of you just open up your packs, pick up pick your colors, and you go. Yep. This thing, this sounds even simpler than that, and um, this. It feels like they're really focusing on onboarding right now. Yeah, onboarding. I mean, and I get the impression a lot of card games are kind of needing to, just because, like, there's the card game booms kind of declined a little bit. Yeah. And I think the Logan that, Paul effect has waned. Yeah, with a lot of that wearing off, the sales of a lot of these games might be slowing down. And I think they're realizing, all of them really, that getting some younger blood is good, getting some kind of casual people is good. Introducing kind of like friends, spouses, family members, you know, children. Yeah, like get, getting people who are not just the same, you know, kind of the guy who's been going to the car shop for the last like 10, 15 years. 
Because that guy might be finally aging out of it or might just... I don't think you know, you're that old yet, Paul. Well, thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, like that person, you know, they might be aging out of it or whatever. And so you can't just cater to like kind of just maintaining that audience strictly. You You do need to, you know, get some new people, get some new faces. Mm. And if you can ever make a product where like tear it open and just start going... We're not. We're gonna skip all of this. Like here, you gotta buy all these certain packs and go and look up how to build decks. Yeah, and all you know, just because I I totally get that. Um, I get that. That's like you know, if you've been playing these games, you're used to that. But for a lot of people, they don't have the time. I saw there's like a meme um, that I've seen on the internet. It has nothing to do with trading card games. It's more about like when a friend tries to teach you how to play some new fifty two card deck game. I am mad that you want. You're discussing a meme right now. Continue. Well, you know, okay, have you ever been at, like, a social gathering? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And podcast. Um, Have you ever been in a social gathering uh, where, like, someone's like, hey, like, there's this, you know, people know how to play, like, um, 52-card deck games. Like, just games played with, like, a standard deck of cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, someone will try to explain, like, a new one to you, and your eyes kind of glaze over a little bit as they're saying, like, oh, you pick up this, then you look at this, and you flip these two, and if they match, but they don't match this... And, like, you're just kind of, like... That's how it is every time someone tries to explain spades to me. But the, it's kind of it's kind of a funny story. So, Paul, uh, ask me uh, if I want to play spades. Do you? Uh, no, I don't want to. I don't really know how to play. That's actually a lie. But telling people that I don't know how to play spades was how I avoided playing spades for years. Okay. But then, at some point, people then started wanting to teach me how to play spades. Oh, and it's mistake. like I'm like, oh, no, I just... Oh, I don't I don't care. So this is how you make a book. And if you do this, and, and if you say you got this, you don't make your books. Now you renege. And like, you know what? I died. Yeah, it's so it's kind of like that with like trading card games now, where it's like if someone tries to tell you how to like play Yu Gi Oh, it's gonna kind of end in this. You know, like this is gonna be this whole thing. Like, you well, you gotta like pick an archetype out of these two hundred archetypes, and then you find this, and you look up deck lists, and you learn their combos, and you learn this, and you gotta add your hand traps, and you have this, and you can all use them here, and it, and. It can just really it's be crazy a lot. that that's how you explain how you have to explain Yu Gi Oh. I was gonna be like, this is a monster card. Oh yeah, you'll never get anywhere with that. Card. And so I think that you know, flesh and blood to, to bring it back to them, you know, taking this approach of like, hey, you just open these and you can just kind of go. Like you, you have to learn some rules, but like we're at least gonna take the physical part of like getting all these different packs and constructing your deck. We're going to take that out of the equation. I think good call. More games are kind of starting to do that, I'm seeing. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! has, like, the, the speed duel format, especially with our pre-constructed boxes now. That's It's like that. Um, yeah, I know that there's start, there's a speed duel, there's rush duel, that, yeah. that kind of well, is seeking to be younger blood, newer, kind of rebootish. Onboard people, you want to onboard younger people, and you want to get them in with quicker games. Yeah, quick and easy, you know, kind of saving the trouble of... Uh, Having to, like, learn all this stuff and, like, put it all together. Um, I still like Pokemon's doing the My First Battle thing. That kind of feels similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a small scripted match. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! next year now is doing the two-player two player deck. That was the only Yu-Gi-Oh! product I was looking forward to this year. Yeah, so speaking of Pokemon, by the way, have you heard anything about the Pokemon Van Gogh collaboration? Uh, no, not really, no. So I don't know all the specifics, but apparently it was a disaster because um, the Pokemon Van Gogh collaboration 
they they were kind of doing this set of Pokemon cards that were in the style of a Van Gogh painting, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I know there was like the Pikachu with like the hat. It's an, I saw the image online hat or whatever. Pika- We've seen Pikachu wear many hats. Well, according to The Verge, and this was like actually last week, kind of just after the podcast that had aired last week, the horde of people that descended upon the Van Gogh Museum yesterday to snatch up as much merchandise as they could was the first sign that the Pokemon X Van Gogh collaboration might be a bit more chaotic than expected. Um, so initially it seemed that the Pokemon company... Like, wait, is that the actual Van Gogh Museum? Yeah, they actually had an event there at the museum. Oh. I guess this was in Amsterdam? Yeah, there was going to be an exhibit in Amsterdam. And you would also be able to pick up multiple pieces of merchandise from the online, like from the Pokemon Center website. There's no, no time a Pokemon will collab with. Well, anyway, um, this afternoon, the Pokemon Company announced that its online store is already completely sold out, seemingly for good, despite the collaboration having only just begun a day before. They say, we understand this is disappointing to many who are looking to our official email and social media channels for guidance on how and when to purchase, the company said. We're actively working on ways to provide more Pikachu with gray felt hat. Promo cards for fans shopping at Pokemon Center in the future. Pikachu with gray felt hat, huh? Yeah, so I guess they, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it sounds like they might be trying to restock it at some point in the future. Um, I mean, they can try. I guess, I mean, the ball's in their court, right? I mean, they can technically print as many of these as possible. Yeah. I, I wonder what inspired them to make the Van Gogh collab. Couldn't tell you. I, I think, if to me, it feels pretty random. Yeah, a little bit. But it also feels like Pokemon cards are that sort of thing where, like, you know, you can almost artistically collaborate with anything and it feels special in a mm-hmm. way. Because, I mean, like, you know, with the Pokemon cards, like Digimon cards and other games are kind of like this, but Pokemon's probably done it the most, is, like, sometimes the cards will be, like, it's like a... Um, it's, like, CG, and other times it's, like, art, and then other times it's, like, a painting, and then, you know, so... It's kind of a mix there. They did Pikachu with gray felt hat, and this is actually what it's called. The museum exhibit's actually going to last till January seventh, twenty twenty four. And there's but a few there different There will be no ones. more promos. Maybe there's Snorlax Munchlax picture. Oh, look at Munchlax. There's a one with a Sunflora. Sunflora. Is there a sun kind? Maybe is it? It might be like in the painting. I can't spot it. No, mm-hmm. I don't see it either. But there's a Sunflora. I'll take it. So, um. Yeah, even if you can't make it to the actual museum to snag a Pikachu with Greyfeld hat card, the promos are supposed to be available online. So on eBay. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to be on eBay for like two thousand bucks or something. Ugh. Because people got to scalp these cards, man. Um, I I can't stand scalping culture. Hate it. Hate it more than anything. I hate a lot of things, but scalping I just can't stand because it's people who prey upon like niche. Like collect, like kind of collect their pieces. When yeah. before, when you you know, if a exclusive Pokemon thing came out, you would be competing against other Pokemon enthusiasts who all want these things for their collections. Maybe a few people flip them, but for the most part, these are collectors. Nowadays, if anything with any type of limited uh, production comes up, you're competing with like ninety percent just scalpers. They just want to get as many of them as they can so they can flip them online for like a. 300% markup. Like, that reminds me that uh, Platinum Dark Magician looks like it still hasn't sold out. They are, I saw like another post this morning from the Konami you know, Yu Gi Oh accounts telling people, like, yeah, here's your chance to buy the Platinum Dark Magician for 1300 bucks. It still hasn't sold out. Has anyone listed it on eBay yet? 
That's a great question, and I'm going to check. I'm curious uh, if anyone's would, trying to flip it. Well, I would assume you couldn't list it on eBay yet, though, because um, because to do because like it's still on sale already. Because I've seen people, I always, I believe I've seen people list things that are that were on that are up for pre-order on eBay already, as if they already have it, and then just won't ship it for like months and months and months. I'm checking right now. I, yeah, okay. There's a bunch on eBay. What are they selling Scalp, for? Right, like they're like uh, about eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred bucks. I see thirty five hundred. There's there is one that's thirty five hundred, but I don't know what that's about. So I guess people have people gotten these already. No, I mean, but so these are people saying new and in hand. Oh, I think they have. They must have them. That's so yeah, really some of these weird. pictures definitely like they're at home already. You know, I guess that makes sense though, because if Konami's still struggling to sell this, that means they probably have already produced them all, and now they're just trying to get them out of inventory. So maybe they are shipping them, them out. And see those in those markups aren't as high as I would have expected. I'm sure they're they are struggling to flip them already. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know the the blue eyes ended up pulling a bit more of a price tag. Like, blue eyes is blue eyes, and I, this is this is now this is not the most chill thing to say. Go ahead. And guys, you can hold it against me if you're one of these people. But I really hope every single person that's trying to flip one of these bad boys on eBay can't sell them. I mean, I hope so too. I think that just just trying to simply flip it. Okay, so I just looked up platinum dark or platinum blue eyes is uh about two thousand three thousand bucks. They kind of go higher. It's kind of so. fun. I mean, it's 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 out of production, so of course its price is going to be a bit higher. But I think it's funny that it had a lower price, like to begin with, but it's. Secondary market up, yeah. prices significantly higher. I mean, I suppose there's a world where, like, in a few years, um, these two as a pair, or like these two, just both will be maybe quite high. Probably. But, um, yeah. So, but that's the Pokemon At least Van in the Gogh short thing. term. You're not getting much out of them. Yeah, that's Pokemon Van Gogh. Um, I'm glad I, I'm not trying to get those cards because it sounds like it's a bit of a nightmare. Hope I people can get their hands on them eventually. Now. Good luck to those trying. So, I have a story. Uh oh. It's an AI story. Oh, okay. But, Paul, you're familiar with it, but uh, this is a great chance to rant all about it. Okay. So, Meta recently did their. Um, oh, that a Meta event? I knew he'd talk yeah, about this. Yeah, their AI presentation deal. Yep. Where they wrote, they talked about all the new AI-based features they are rolling out in the coming months. Some are already out. And I'll just read from this uh, article. So it says, int- and I think this is off of uh, Meta's website. Introducing new AI experiences across our family of apps and devices. We're starting to roll out AI stickers across our apps. You know, yeah, like I know that's one where you can things. like type in like a, a prompt and it'll like, yep. make a sticker out of it. You you can be, you basically just you put in your prompt and it will just spit out a sticker that kind of meets your criteria. Can't running a skateboard. Uh, we're also introducing Meta AI in beta, an advanced conversational assistant that's available on WhatsApp, Messenger, and Instagram, and is coming to Ray Ban Meta Smart Glasses and Quest Three. Right. Meta AI can give you real time information and generate photorealistic images from your text prompts in seconds to share with your friends. Available in the U.S. only. Okay. As we, I I know, I know it gets worse. As we sink deeper into this hole, we're also launching twenty eight more AIs in beta, 
with unique interests and personalities. That's the one. Some are played by cultural icons and influencers, including Snoop Dogg, Tom Brady, Kendall Jenner, and Naomi Osaka. Yeah, that's. I saw the trailer for this. It's kind of terrifying. I don't really like the sound of it at all. Like, so... I was cool. You know, I, I don't like AI. I don't like AI. I don't like what we're doing with it. And I don't like what it means for the future. But I was, but this was a pretty like whelming uh, presentation until they got to the part, the part where they have their AIs with personalities where, and they're wearing like celebrity faces. Although it is interesting that they don't get the celebrities names. They still have, like um like Tom Brady's name is like Brew. Yeah, they don't use the celebrities' names just their like. Which I think it's a liability thing, I assume. Like so that when you get the AI to eventually tell you to kill yourself, you know, like the, you know, like the first week this comes out, people are just gonna be like pushing the boundaries and trying to get like the Tom Brady AI to tell me like that I don't deserve to exist or whatever. Like, and someone always will. So, anyways, but yeah, go on. Like. You, oh, actually, now nah, think about it. There's a list. There's a list of every, of all the AIs and every person who, um, if I, can, if I can get it to open it correctly. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the list. Here's the list. Check this out. Check this out. Or at least I, I thought I had the list. All right. Here it is. Here it is. So, <clears throat> Charlie D'Amelio. Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah, that's. Is Coco a dance enthusiast? Chris Paul is Perry, the Chris Paul, the basketball player. He's Perry, a pro golfer, helping you perfect your stroke. Now, are these personalities just, does that just change the way they deliver the information to you? Or do I they mean, deliver specific information relating to their interests? Well, so I thought my understanding was that it's kind of only about that interest thing. So, like, you can only really ask him about golf, or you can only really ask her about dance, oh. or talk to her about dance. Because I feel like if you could talk to him about anything, that would probably end up being, like, a weird okay. sort of thing. And So then there's Dwayne Wade as Victor, an Ironman triathlete motivating you to be your best self. Sounds like he's in the manosphere. Uh, Izzy Adesanya, that's the MMA, MMA guy. He's Louise. A showy MMA prospect who can back up his trash talk. Kendall Jenner is Billy, the no BS ride or die companion. She's your best friend. Your, that's your best friend. She's a uh, Lar DIY. Lair? Must be some YouTuber. Is Zach the no no is Dylan the quirky DIY and craft expert and companion for Gen Z? Specifically for Gen Z. I listen, I've heard enough. No, you haven't because Mr. Beast is Zach, the big brother who will roast you because he cares. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like the. Let's cut to the chase. What do you. You like these or not? I hate it. It's disturbing. It's. I think it's. This is insane. If parasocial relationships are already a bit of a problem in, like, the West right now. I think this jacks it up to an 11 as you form. Yeah, it feels so parasocial. Because you're giving a face to these AI. And to make matters worse, you're giving it 
the face of a quote unquote celebrity or an influencer that already has a legion of fans who are forming parasocial relationships with them. You're just adding another part to it. Yeah, I think there's going to be people who will just spend like, there's going to be people who kind of just don't care and like think this is weird and don't use it. But there's also going to be a lot of people who are like fans of these celebrities and stuff who will just love, who would love kind of the ability to like, you know, talk to, just talk and argue. Guys, AI can't be your friend. Yeah. It can't be. And yet, they want to market it as such. And so, like, AI is a tool and should be used as a tool. We don't draw faces on our hammers and screwdrivers, do we? Yeah, but... I we think don't talk is, to drills. Yeah, no, here's the thing. I'll, I'll give them this. I think that it's... As a, the marketer in me thinks that this is a much cooler way to kind of go about making an otherwise bland AI that, like, can give you recipes or, like, I'm talk talking about, about the future of humanity. No, 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 I know, And I know, you're I know. talking about marketing... No, I know, but like, just, just hear me out. I get why they did it because all these AIs kind of already can do a lot of this stuff, right? You can talk to Google Bard or ChatGPT and be like, "Give me a workout routine, plan a vacation for me, whatever." Like all this stuff. How can I get clearer skin? You can ask it these things, but it'll just kind of answer in just as an AI, um, kind of this nameless, faceless thing. But I think that what they want is to when you put people in front of it, it just you'll get more it gets more attention it can feel more personable do i like it no i think that it's like really not great i think that the parasocial ramifications are as of yet unseen what might happen with this like the idea that you're trying to dress up ai as if it's human i just find i find it so disturbing Mm -hmm. because yeah you're confusing a tool for a person. For a person, yeah. If an adult is probably fine, though I know many adults that it's probably not fine for, but I especially worry about such a thing with children when their brains are still nice and soft where... they Imagine a kid that grew up... Yeah, exactly. Like, because you know how, you know how like a lot of parents like get their kids like iPads or whatever? Yeah, I mean, kids start off throw life the kid with, with a smartphone or an iPad. And, like, and it's also kind of a form of neglect. Like, I'm not going to play with this kid. I'm not going to read to my kid. I'm not going to, like, help them with their homework. The AI will do it. And so this kid has grown up, like, speaking to Zach, the funny older brother who roasts them or whatever, as opposed to mom and dad spending time with them and giving them attention. Is that not just, you know... It's it's it, it's pure... And it's so gonna, dystopian. And there's going to be, like, these kids who, who form a deeper bond with the AI that was on their tablet when they were like three or whatever. And and it was, and it was with them from age three to like, you know, an eight, nine, 10, like they form a deeper bond with that. than they do with their teacher or their mom or their dad or their sister or their brother, because like it was there for them. So like an AI, these are, this is a soulless construct of ones and zeros. If you rely on AI for anything more than simple, like, data analysis and like information recall type work you have you're playing with fire ai are not people they don't empathize with you they don't even they can't even answer with your best interests at heart because they don't know what sympathy is so 
You, if you like, so you mentioned like, I want a workout routine. You go and ask your AI for a workout routine. It will give you one. That's for sure. But it won't. But it's probably not one that's even good for yeah. you, well, the person. Although I guess that's what they're trying to also do is like make it where like it better understands you. And nah, see, that's nah, what it wants, they so. they can't do that. And if they can, we are in even more trouble. That's the beauty of it, Paul. Even if this AI gets good enough to counteract all the shit I'm saying, that's a whole other problem. Well, I'm gonna be downloading it and using it as soon as it comes out. Paul, <laughs> no, I will break your phone. No, I'm not. I don't think I'll use this, but I mean, I, I get why it, why they're doing it. I just don't think it's very. But that sounds like a great time to uh, answer some questions from the pot. That's true. You know, There's no AI of, uh, in here. After a little bit of a terrifying, you know, fake human BS, I think it's a good time. My question is, opinion on Yu-Gi-Oh! lore today. This is a comment that somebody left. Uh, what's your um, opinion? I... So I guess what they're really... I, I saw this comment. They were basically kind of asking, do you think that like, Yu-Gi-Oh! lore is good or bad today? And like as it relates to the old Yu-Gi-Oh! lore in cards. I mean, these days, the lore stories feel more intricate. So I think that it's better. Like, the, the cards feel more tied together. Now, there isn't that like old-school Yu-Gi-Oh! lore where things were more... Felt more like distantly, vaguely related. Like, you can kind of imagine that the Goblin of Greed lived in the same universe as the... Nah, in the this solemn case, man, you know uh, what I mean? Lore today follows a very specific set of cards, and they tell very concise stories. Yeah, they're isolated. Start to finish, they're done. Which do you prefer? Uh, so, the, like, boomer in me is like, I hearken back to the days when we traveled around with Warrior Diagrapher as he just appeared different places and did random things. But... I mean, Albaz told an entire concise story. A concise might be a stretch, but it told a, a more concise story than that, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, World Legacy told a very solid story, and those stories had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Warrior Digreffer. Yeah, it kind of it just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think I actually prefer the newer stories. I think that they should still do more with them. I think, like, you know, doing things like that Sky Striker manga was good. Okay. I think doing, like, animated shorts, we've talked about this. I want the way we do lore today on older cards. That's what I want. Yeah. I guess they weren't designed with that in mind, though, so they would have to kind of maybe be retroactive about go, it. Go ahead and... Oh, my gosh. They're going to have to retrain all these old well, cards no, I but, love? But here's the question. Would you still love them if yes. they did? Well, but do you... You know what I mean? Like, it if, doesn't if they retrained them... Anyway, what's your question? Speaking of retrains, uh, so retrains for classic vanilla monsters, question mark. So should we have retrain? So should we want retrains for old vanillas? And I think this question is in response to like mementos and whatnot. Yes, no. Um, I'll go. I'm actually agreeing. Yes. Uh, I do think it's a, uh, I think it's a good thing because especially with old vanillas, they're all so bad. Yeah, you can't hurt. It can't hurt. Yeah, it's to, hard to have even have good memories of such things. What I like about the mementos in particular is that, like, you can't take every old vanilla and make it a whole archetype. Mm-hmm. But you can at least make an archetype that's composed of many of them that did not have effects or really, like, anything to say about them and just cram them all together. So, Did you see the latest one? That got the Karibo leaked? thing? That wasn't a Karibo. Or it's like, it looks like a Karibo. I forget the name of it. It's the... Uh... 
Oh, no, I'm blanking. It's I know, I know what you're lonely talking about. Lonely Ghost. The, yeah, they say that it's something about the flavor text. It's like it's found in. Um, oh, what is it? Like deserted areas or buildings or just something like that. Yeah, it looks like Kribo, but it's not. It's much creepier. It's weirder. Yeah, but no, I saw what you're talking about. I think that those are. Uh, those are. Like, Mementos is a good call, I would say. Though I still I did want an entire archetype just for Trihorn Dragon. I uh, oh, you think he deserved a full one? Yes, I do. I do. Here's my question: um, Should legacy support be meta? Hmm. I kind of prefer that it isn't, just because I think it would be annoying. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the idea of like blue eyes and dark magician and kind of like old DM and GX archetypes all being the metagame would probably make for better marketing because it would be more accurate to what mm-hmm. people believe, like, you know, believe you go to be. But on the other hand, I don't know if that would, that might get like more retiring seeing I, it all the time. I remember when blue eyes was meta and I remember just how many people got back into the game because of that. They're like, wait, I can play blue eyes and I can win with blue eyes. Yeah. So you think it'd be I think good if it was. It, in my opinion, I think it's a good thing, just because it helps bridge that. It bridges gap. the the casual and kind of nostalgic crowd into the competitive. Now, it also might bring some toxicity because like people are going, "You're playing it wrong," and you know. Oh, I mean, the, but that might not be. Yu Gi Oh gets toxic at some point. The question is, at what point does it happen? You know. Yeah, but I, I'm. I think it's um, it's fine if it's like meta. I just I prefer it to be like rogue. Mm-hmm. I think it should always be like viable, and then if someone could, in theory, do something with like a a dark magician, a blue eyes deck, a gate guardian deck. But I don't think it should be like tip topity meta. If it's up to me, nah, it should be the best deck in the format. Tier zero. Tier zero dark magician. It deserves it. Dark magician never gets to shine. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, so when does a fun deck stop being fun and become a competitive deck? I think it's the moment that you go unpure. That's that's like kind of my call. I think it depends on your definition of fun. Yeah, I mean, fun is very much. It, it just depends on who you're asking. Like, I've met people where their definition of fun is so different from mine. We could, we'll, we'll never be able to bring fun decks to a table and have a good game. Do you think it's um a matter of like staples? I feel like staples kind of play a big role. Like, I think it's it might be a more a broader thing than than just like the specific cards. Mm-hmm. It's um like the end state. I think. Yep. Like what you're aiming to do with the deck. Yeah. If my because like for me a fun deck is where I and my opponent play an interactive game of Yu Gi Oh and I get to do my thing, he gets to do, do their things, and we have a good time. When I think of a fun deck, I does it doesn't matter if it wins. Yeah. Mm. See, I think like it's yeah, it's, it's that. It's I think like you know, the moment that you start adding hand traps or board breakers. But then it's like, well, staples have always existed, and like I don't think that people would say that adding MST makes a fun deck unfun. But they mm. might say that adding evenly and matched and the bureau like, does. I think your overarching goal informs your card choice, right? So like, if a deck, if a fun deck to you is a deck that's not meta, but it has to win still. Mm-hmm. Then, then I think you start putting in those more like painful staples that, well, the ones that win games. Yeah. My last part too is I think it can be kind of player dependent. Like I can play meta deck sometimes, but I'll just hold back. So it's like the fun, it's like even if it's a meta deck, 
the way I play it is it might be in a more fun way. Like I'll just, I won't go full combo, like blah, dive negates. If I can stop on like one, then to me that's enough because it means my opponent will now get to interact with me. And Does but that's more like player fun, intent. You know, say so that a fun deck now or just your playing? Yeah, because it's not the deck anymore. That's yeah, me. it's just you playing in a fun way. But to answer the question, where does a fun deck become a meta deck? Yeah, I think it all just lies kind of in intent, like building intent. So, yeah. are you building it to to win locals or regionals or not? Like, because I think when you are, that's where you have to kind of sacrifice purity. You have to kind of start adding in staples, engines that aren't it's, like you know Barone and Axis Code are kind of suddenly starting to be there. And you know, I think the number one thing about being fun versus not is how selfish you want to be. Selfishness is not a bad thing because. It's a one-on-one game where someone has to win. It, it really is intent. You kind of, I, I would say for me, it's probably something along the lines of, it's when you start adding in, you know, the, the, oh, here's, okay, here's an alternate way to think about it. Are you building your deck with the idea that your opponent is going to kind of try to beat you? Because I think that's sometimes is where, like, the need for evenly and Nibiru and hand traps mm-hmm. comes in, because it, a lot of, like, pure fun decks, we'll call them, for lack of a better term, kind of build with the intention of I'm just going to enjoy myself and I'm not like anticipating what my opponent's going to do. Cause if I'm anticipating that, then that means I'll have to run like more counter stuff. Right. Not maybe the best way to look at it, but it's like one way. I mean, you know, it's really all about how much you and your opponent prioritize the other one having fun. Yeah. That's like what you makes view it as like an exchange. That's what makes your deck building then fun. If you care if your opponent has fun, it's fun. If you don't, it's not. Plain and simple. Yeah. So anyways, I guess that's it for the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um That's just the sign that this pod is over. Yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh hopefully it was fun. We were figuring out some um some new things. We'll we'll have this uh, area looking a little bit better for next week. We'll figure it out or yeah. something. Been a little crazy. All right. Anyways, see you guys in the next one. Past, Past turn. turn.